You are listening to the To and Out CFL Podcast, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. (laughs) (laughs) I can't keep it together. (laughs) Grab some poutine and a double-double. It's time for the To and Out CFL Podcast. Now they have to kick it out, and they do! Every week, Travis Cura. Does anybody still care about this podcast? And Brazilian Tide. Hunters are people, too. Talk fantasy football, bring you the latest in CFL news, and sprinkle in a little bit of nonsense. Are you kidding? This is unbelievable! Ready, set, hook! And we are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB Brazilian Tide, man. Ah, you were working during that triple header, weren't you? Uh, we worked, I worked for the first quarter of the first game. We actually got rained out. So I got to, I got to go back to the place where I'm staying and watch the triple header, uh, in my bedroom. So there are football gods. And, and eat like an absolute glutton. (laughs) Okay. Gross people out. I want to know what were you eating? (laughs) Uh, let's see. I had another box of Toffee. By the way, man, the calories on a box of those, what are they? Um, I texted you that. It's not that bad. It's only like 645 calories. So that's basically an afternoon snack. Yeah, like I have about 250 (laughs) to 400 calories for breakfast. So, I mean, I can just start eating Toffee Face for breakfast. (laughs) Oh, see, there we go. Breakfast ideas on two and out. Okay, what did you eat? Uh, so that whole box of toffee phase, uh, half a bag of salt and vinegar chips, a so half a, half a bag or box or case or whatever you call it, a chips ahoy. I had to finish those off. Um, I had McDonald's for lunch on the way home, so that included a large Coke. I had six cokes yesterday, not including the large <laughs> Coke from McDonald's. Uh, <laughs> and then I had supper. So then I had like a pork chop and some peas and some rice. Um, oh, look at that. That's wholesome. Yeah. And then like four slices of bread with just butter on them, butter and salt. So my arteries are clogging <laughs> as we speak. Was it toasted? Today, no. <laughs> and then today I had bacon and eggs for breakfast and I've just been uh, like just kind of snacking and I've drank the rest of the Coke pretty much that I bought. Now, I think at the wedding uh, that we've referenced a few times on the show, there were about three or four guys that said I was going to outlive you, and I was shocked, but not anymore. <laughs> oh, Thanksgiving a couple of years ago, I was we, me and my cousin had some libations, and we came in. My auntie had to actually unplug the hot tub to get us out of it, so we come in to eat some leftovers at like 3 in the morning. And while I waited for my mashed potatoes to warm up in the microwave, I actually took a spoonful of butter and put salt on it and ate that while I waited because I was so hungry. Join two and out for CFL Fantasy and CFL Pick'em and show Kura and Ty what you got. They are who we thought they were. Just click cflfantasy.tsn.ca. Enough from talking about it. There has to be consequences. And pick'em.cfl.ca. A spoonful of butter. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> I can't keep it together. So. so oh, I'm drooling all over the place. So, have you had have you had deep fried butter? I have. <laughs> And how and is it? It's delicious. <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to talk about football today. Oh, like I'm so many people listening right now are so grossed out, and I just this is the best stand-up special since Delirious Man. Oh, oh, I don't, I don't know about that. I watched the Dave Chappelle ones last night after the football games, and I couldn't hold it together. oh so good so the first game of the week is the one we can go through pretty fast here 
So BC, mm-hmm. uh, they had another win on home turf. The only game they've lost was against Saskatchewan, but they beat Ottawa 26-14. But in this game, it kind of seemed like they both teams were trying to lose. It was it was a rough game for both teams. BC, it was I think all had to do with Cody Husband on the very first play mm-hmm. from scrimmage got rolled up on, broke his fibula. So basically broken leg, first play of the game and there were some some well basically just about every snap for the rest of the game was an adventure for the Lions. Uh, the center is the most important part of your offensive line. He touches the oh. ball on, on every play. He has to have unreal chemistry with your quarterback uh, and your backup. Like they, He has to know um, preferences and, and where guys want. Because, yeah, you want the ball snapped decently, but some guys like it a little closer to the chest. Some guys like it a little lower. It, it, it's all personal preference that way. Um, and, you know, usually he's the guy calling out protections and, and you know, picking up picking up the blitzers and, and giving relaying those messages. So for him to go down, that's a huge loss on that offensive line for BC. Oh, it it was throughout the rest of the game. They were, uh, the snaps were high. They were, you know, to the side. They were all over the place. And uh, I, I, I'm not going to blame the black backup Greaves. I mean, he's a backup. Uh, who knows how many, how much he's been snapping all season and to just get mm-hmm. thrown into that situation. It was a tough one. And then Travis Lule on the next play gets poked in the eye. And this wasn't your average poke in the eye. It, it His entire eye looked basically bloodshot. It was starting to swell shut. He ends up coming back into the game, throws a beautiful touchdown pass, and then later in the game he ends up getting a crown of a helmet in the chin that knocked him out for the rest mm-hmm. of the game. So it was a rough game for Travis Lule in here. Yeah, and 9 for 15, 108 yards, uh, you know, the one touchdown, like you said, two yards on the one carry. Um, if, it, if it wasn't for that injury, I, I don't know how much better his night would have been. He only came away with 8.5 points. Um, but that's exactly the hit on a quarterback that, that the league has been trying to eliminate, and it still seems to happen, it seems almost inevitably every week. I, I don't know if that one is a suspendable offense, probably uh, a fine, but uh, mm-hmm. it, it was almost one of those hits where it kind of looked like the guy tried to make contact with the chest. But either way, when you put your head down, yeah. that is why these things happen. That, that's exactly mm-hmm. why they happen. So, Sp- Speaking of, of lowering the helmet, there was a punter that got ejected in an NCAA game yesterday for targeting. A punter. So it's still a problem at the lower levels, so it's going to take a lot longer to weed this out. Yeah, it's... I mean, I don't know how long it's going to take, uh, or if it can ever happen, really, because that's the thing with football. You put the pads on, and the and you guys feel, invincible. feel a little bit... Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. As for Lule, I hope he's okay. He's battled... He has battled injury after injury. They were checking inside his mouth, and I know he wears a mouth guard. I kind of wondered if he somehow got his tongue crushed in there or something, but uh, I don't know if it was the jaw. I'm sure we'll hear more this week, but, man, he put up with some garbage in this game. (laughs) And and like you said, I don't want to blame one instance, but, I mean, losing your center... Um, you know, yeah. the whole, the whole offensive line, the whole offensive line feels that and, and somewhat struggles to, to fill that hole. Um, tr- just trying to, you know, pick up where he kind of would be, be in there to, to call it certain protections. And, you know, it's tough for a guy to come in, in that situation. And, you know, the offensive line didn't just looked out of sorts after that. Well, and that's a great point because the the play after husband gets hurt, the defensive line for Ottawa was all over him the next play mm-hmm. when he got the the eye poke. And they were all yeah. over him the rest of the game. Um, <laughs> Trevor Harris as well. We'll get to Ottawa right away. He was on the run the entire time. But Jonathan Jennings comes in in relief of Travis Lule. And you know what? I thought he looked okay. 10 of 12, 68 yards, a, a touchdown, um, some sustained drives in there when he had to. So they weren't coming out and just, 
you know, throwing a bomb 60 yards down the field and second and 10, two and out situations. Jennings actually ran the offense, I thought, okay for coming off the bench. I'd like to see maybe a little higher average than just 6.8 yards. Um, but like you said, he moved moved the offense on the field. You're still setting your offense up uh, in short yarder situations on second down and third down if, if you can average between six and seven yards. So it's not the worst thing in the world. High percentage, uh, you know, and, and we know he's mobile. So that, that kind of helps. Uh, the defense has to has to be sure that they're not going to push – push past him and give him that opportunity to escape the pocket. And they, like he only had one carry for two yards, so they, they were kind of able to do that as well. We uh, got news that the Lions are getting close to signing Devere Posey. Um, so that's probably going to happen. But in this one, Brian Burnham had a touchdown. Ricky Collins, though, the leading receiver, 26.5 fantasy points for Ricky Collins. And this week... I don't know. It might have been the biggest fantasy week of the season as far as touchdowns, as far as points. And <laughs> there are a couple cheap guys that put up big numbers, Ricky Collins being one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he had, a, he had a pretty decent day. <laughs> <laughs> he did. Uh, he, he, uh, and Brian Burnham at 14.3, not, not terrible. Um, you know, a little underwhelming for his price point, but... Uh, Jeremiah Johnson just didn't didn't produce. I mean, twelve point nine points didn't really wasn't really a huge factor in this one either. I don't know why they're not giving him the ball more. No, and, and we've seen it was a, it seemed to be a theme yeah. this weekend for the best players on the team not getting the ball. But we can get into that uh, with the other games as well. Yeah, because you weren't happy with your fantasy lineup, and you were teasing me after having Lule as my. Uh, my fantasy quarterback. So we'll get to your side of things right away here. Um, <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Trevor Harris, uh, ah, 21 of 36, 216 yards, a touchdown, and two interceptions. They're getting really restless, and they seem to be getting really tired of the inconsistency in his game, uh, Ottawa mm-hmm. fans well, that, are. That's the only consistent part of his game right now. Um, it, that he's it, inconsistent. It, it, yeah, he doesn't look good right now. Um, I'm hoping it's just a slump and then he'll get through it. Um, you know, he's he he has the skill set and the ability to be one of the one of the top top tier quarterbacks in this league, and he's not producing right now. And it's very frustrating whether or not you have him on fantasy or if you're if you're a Red Blacks fan watching at home. Or in the stands. Well, it's got to get figured out, and it's got to get figured out fast because his next game is in Regina against the Ryder defense, who uh, put up mm-hmm. two touchdowns last week, uh, and that's two touchdowns more than the Ryder offense did. So <laughs> that is what uh, Harris is going up against uh, a team that's won four in a row. It's not going to get any easier. Um, I. I I know Ottawa fans, they, they 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 just, I don't know if they're fans of Dominic Davis, but I think they're fans of the idea of Dominic Davis, that he is this backup quarterback that can just come off the bench and play better, but he comes in and he threw an interception as well, so they don't have anything behind Harris. Like, actually, they really don't, and if Harris were to go down to injury... Ottawa is down there with Toronto and Montreal. Like, don't look now, but Montreal is only six points back, and you know they're they're winning football games. Ottawa is still in first, but you know they're not playing great football right now. Toronto just got swept, so I mean Hamilton Hamilton's right on Ottawa's heels. Um, there's don't count Montreal out yet. If if Ottawa keeps playing like they are right now, like that. They could be in some serious trouble uh, come November. I don't know if the fans are just wanting to see Dominique Davis because uh, they're fans or if they're actually getting worried uh, about a playoff spot because things have to change and they got to change quick because Montreal right now like got seven games. like It's easy to catch them. And you almost, when talking about East teams, you almost have to put Winnipeg in the mix at this point. 
Yeah, so if if if, if they're tied, Ottawa would, like that East team would keep it, right? So I mean, there yeah. is three spots there if the if they can at least tie the fourth place team. Um, but I I'd rather have a home playoff game. Um, so like, yeah. they got to turn this around. They got to turn it around quick. Yeah, uh, William Powell had 17 carries for 82 yards. Deontay Spencer is just not the weapon he was. A year ago, he had four catches for 30 yards. Um, and, I mean, he's still doing his thing on the return game, but they got to find a way to get him going. Ellingson had four catches on 11 targets. Uh, Sinopoli, he's doing his thing, six catches, 68, and a touchdown yeah. there, the only passing touchdown in the game. So it's it, the Ottawa offense has a lot of... Uh, weapons there, but they're not able to get it going. Uh, I do want to mention, I thought that the live mic caught some really cool things in this game. Maybe the best one of the season. I don't, I don't know if you saw it when the game first started. Wally Buono wandering over to oh, Chris yeah. Rainey. Hey, Mr. Rainey, it's good to see you. <laughs> yeah, that was that wasn't awkward at all. Oh, yeah. So what's the lesson <laughs> to um, Chris Rainey in this one? Because Trayvon Van was not an upgrade. No. And I think we knew that coming in. Chris Rainey would be pretty hard to improve upon at this point. That's true. That's true. Van only had a, he had a 5.6 return average on punts and the two kickoff returns with an average of 20 yards there. So... Uh, it's going to be really interesting watching that rainy situation. Um, are they going to get him back to the lineup? Are they going to move him? Are they keeping him healthy to move him? Are they just teaching him a lesson? I'm not sure what's happening there, but it seemed to work for the Lions. I, I think they got kind of lucky in this one against Ottawa. Both offensive lines struggled, and it's going to be interesting to see where both teams go after this. You know what would fix the Chris Rainey situation? What? Like instantly? Winning. Yeah. <laughs> winning cures everything. If they if they keep if they start winning football games and he's in the lineup and even if he's not getting the touches he thinks he should, um, if they're winning football games and they make the playoffs and, and make a run and you know for Wally kind of idea, uh it I don't think we'll hear a lot about it. Although winning has st- not stopped certain people calling for Manzel in Montreal. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I thought we were past this too, but we're not. Well, I I thought we were too, and then I'm trying to watch NFL football today and watch my all my money disappear on Bodog, and then my phone blows up with like 30 Twitter mentions on the podcast account. I'm like, oh no, what did Travis do? <laughs> hey, I I still think I was right on that one. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> let's let's start diving into this triple header a little bit. Hamilton opens the day by beating Toronto 36-25. And if you had yourself Jeremiah Mazzoli, you're happy. If you had Brandon Banks, if you had Luke Tasker, if you had Alex Green, you're happy. That Tiger Cat offense right now clicking on all cylinders, and they did it in both Labor Day matches against Toronto. The the only the only issue I see with Hamilton's offense is that it's only Luke Tasker and Brandon Banks in the receiving core right now, um, and that will not probably throwing. catch up to them. Yes, you know Tolliver's not involved nearly as much as we thought he would be, or as maybe he should be. You know Saunders going down and Chris Williams out. Um, you know they got to spread the ball out a little bit more, or else teams are just going to be able to shut that down. I, I don't know if you can shut down Brandon Banks at this point. Um, you know, over 300 yards and four TDs in the last two games. Luke Tasker not far behind him. Um, Luke Tasker, you know, put, catches the short routes and, and gets to Ziak. And then, you know, it, Brandon Banks, if you if you get him in space, you're not going to get him. The DBs aren't going to catch him. So, um, you know, teams will get filmed. They'll figure it out. Uh, Alex Green is a great compliment to those two. Uh, to, to open things up because you know he, he's a threat out of the backfield to catch a ball or, or to run it um, but yeah like the receiving the receiving uh, core is kind of depleted right now but they're they're gonna have to find something Mike Jones as well uh, they need to start looking at him as a more viable option uh, to march the ball down the field well they did um, 
get Banks going here, obviously. 153 yards, two touchdowns. Tasker had seven on uh, eight targets for 91 and a touchdown. And they have signed Marquay McDaniel, veteran receiver, who was uh, uh, allowed to leave by Calgary uh, in the <laughs> off season. Uh, allowed. <laughs> I'm sure it was a really tough choice. <laughs> and he ended up, I think he played with Hamilton for about three years and around 2009 to 2011 in that range. So he's kind of returning to Hamilton. Uh, we'll see how long it takes him to get up to speed. I am kind of surprised the Ticats didn't call Bakari Grant first. Uh, he's a former mm-hmm. Ticat as well. And uh, a little less uh, tread on the tires or a little less uh, miles on the tires, I should say, um, yeah. uh, for Grant, I think. Yeah. Maybe and, he's and done. Who knows? Which he that very well could be. Um, you know, last year or the year before was his his biggest stat year, or yeah. his biggest year statistically. So maybe they they see that and it's like, well, it'll be a regression to the mean at some point anyway. And we don't we don't want to go there. Uh, McDaniel proved last year that he can still play this game. Um, you know, he had some choice words after the Grey Cup, and I think that's one of the main reasons he's gone in Calgary. Um, yeah. You know, but Huffnagel and Dickinson run a pretty tight ship. Um, they don't. They don't put up with a lot of crap in their dressing room or on the field. It seems so. Um, you know that that could be a reason. Uh, anything right now to add to this offense? You know, with Saunders and Chris Williams out uh, is a good thing. Uh, and and Masoli, the more target, the more options he has down the field. Um, you know, if they do, if they are covered, uh, the more weapons that are at his disposal, the better. Because if they're not, if they're not there, he can run the ball, and, and you know, it, things will open up underneath for him as well. James Wilder had 11 carries for 76 yards. But the the big thing here is is that um, it, it seemed like Toronto was able to get their receivers going a little bit. Deron Carter didn't play that many plays on the offense. He did have two, two uh, targets um, overthrown on a possible touchdown there. But I'm sure they're going to be working him in more. I think they got this week off, and then they're going to come back against Saskatchewan. But this is big. Armani Edwards, this is his biggest game of the season, and I think a lot uh, expected him to have these sorts of games more often with uh, Devere Posey no longer being on the team. But he had 11 targets, 9 catches, 112 yards, and a touchdown. But SJ Green had a nice one, too. 14 targets, but 8 catches, 97 yards, and a touchdown. So Macbeth is able to get these receivers going, unlike, well, James Franklin earlier in the year. Yeah, and Armani Edwards had no business putting up those numbers since he was on my fantasy team. (laughs) Yeah, I thought you were cursed. (laughs) Yeah, uh, you know, I had Armani Edwards and Luke Tasker, so I'm just... Like it was better than last week when I had Darrell Walker and then I subbed Kamar Jordan in for him and they both got hurt. So I was like, oh boy, what am I getting myself into here? Uh, they both produced this <laughs> week, but um, yeah, Bethel Thompson just seems to. I I don't know what it is. Um, you know, we've James Franklin has now set the record for rushing touchdowns for a quarterback in Toronto. Um, he's wow. got that aspect of the game. I, I I don't know if he's ready to be a complete passer. Uh, you know, Macbeth, 295 on 27 completions, 42 attempts, two touchdowns and one pick, 18.2 points. I that I have no problem with a game like that. Over 50%, almost 300 yards, takes care of the football. Um, they didn't get the result they wanted. But I, James Wilder can't touch the ball 12 times. Like, he's your best offensive playmaker, and he's he's not getting the ball. And it makes zero sense to me. He's at, he averaged almost seven yards a carry, and they gave it to him eleven times. Yeah, you know Ted Laurent was out uh, because to be there for the birth of his child, uh, and you thought that, or I think I thought too that Toronto would be able to give it to Wilder and crush that middle mm-hmm. middle of that defensive line without Big Ted there, and they did have some success with 6.9 yards a carry for Wilder, and he's a tough, tough player to tackle. They they probably could have and should have done it more, Um, and they were in it in the game, uh, so there was no reason to really get away from the run, but the the Argo offense was able to move the ball, but should they really have 
dressed Ron Carter and played him as little as they did? Well, and even Milt Stiegel said that. What's the point? Um, yeah. Like, you, you basically have a roster spot for somebody who you're not going to use. He's not playing specials. Um, you know, he had a couple punt returns and he had two targets on offense. What is the point? If you're not going to use him, what are you dressing him for? Put somebody else in there that can help your football team. Um, granted, that being said, if he if somebody gets hurt, he, he can go yeah. in. Whether or not that would change his usage, it probably would, depending on who it was that went down. But if you're not going to use him, what's the point? It, it does kind of seem like this is another situation of them babysitting. Um, yeah. Just coddling and you know easing him in so slowly. Make sure he fits in to the to the lineup. I don't think that's been an issue in the past. I mean, we got to have this conversation next year again if he's still there and see yeah. if things are still going as smoothly. Well, and like I get the whole needing like because it's a different system, it's a different playbook, and all that stuff. Yeah, but uh, like if he's not if he if he's not ready then what are you doing like and i i, I find it really hard to to question mark tressman uh because of what he's accomplished in this league and what he's done but that that decision made no sense to me i know that on a punt return or you know if he does make one of those plays it looks great on a punt return he yeah. he can break something but it if he wasn't ready and and you figured he wasn't ready or wasn't first enough in your playbook to be a consistent part of the offense, and there was no point having him in that game. Because what is he going to learn that he couldn't learn just standing there in civvies like he did last week? Jeremiah Mazzoli, by the way, 18 of 25, 307 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions, a 158.3 efficiency rating. That's basically perfect. That is as high as you can get. As a quarterback can get. And Mazzoli, the only quarterback that did not throw an interception. This week, or at least the only starting quarterback that began and finished the game that did not have an interception this week. And this is what made Mazzoli so good when he came in last season. He mm-hmm. was not turning over the ball at all. So <laughs> if Mazzoli's just turning it on and we're just seeing the start of what he can do, then uh, we're in for a fun second half. And I'm, th- I'm sure Hamilton fans are excited. Yeah, it's just too bad that it makes Ken Austin look like a good GM. <laughs> you still hate him. Ah, of course I do. Come on. He's not as visible as he used to be, but you're still not oh. a fan. Well, not as a not as a coach on the sidelines. I, I couldn't stand the guy. Um and you know <laughs> one, I I texted you this. Brandon Banks makes him look stupid because he had this receiver the entire time. And never used them. Wouldn't Brandon Banks have been more integral to the to the offense if he was getting regular work than just you know returning kicks? Wouldn't that wouldn't that have been better? So what? Since June Jones, Brett Banks has played eighteen games at receiver and has over eighteen hundred yards. Yeah, is that good or no? I don't know. <sighs> I don't know. I have to check. Um, like I mean. I got mad and I have some good games, but <laughs> is that real life good? I'm not so sure. Yeah. He's not 2500, so he must suck. Um, <laughs> before we talk about the second half of well, second two thirds, maybe second 66 percent of this the middle game, uh, yeah. <laughs> Because the intensity just gets cranked up. i got to say thank you to ATB Financial. They are big supporters of uh, Pride. Longtime partners of Camp Firefly and Firefly in Schools. Uh, they support Edmonton, Calgary, and Lethbridge Pride. And they've actually now got the Pride MasterCard available. Accepted everywhere. I absolutely love that. These guys are so smart. Uh, ATB.com slash pride. That's ATB.com slash pride. Okay, let's uh, get to the banjo bowl here. And the game that single-handedly ruined my fantasy lineup. (laughs) Oh, man. So I had Winnipeg here. And, you know, when a team is leading with three minutes to go... Might as well put that as a win on Pickham. I'm not ashamed of picking Winnipeg here because Saskatchewan's offense 
They didn't play well. Winnipeg's offense didn't play well. There were three pick sixes in the first half, which, <laughs> I mean, how, how many times do you see that? The Ryder defense, two touchdowns. The Ryder offense, zero touchdowns. Uh, Zach Caleros, 5.6 fantasy points. At this point, you could no longer make fun of me for picking Travis Lule. What are your thoughts on Zach Caleros, Saskatchewan Rough Riders quarterback, Brazilian tie? I didn't see Zach Caleros. I saw Trent Dilfer from the 2001 Baltimore Ravens. He was that bad, and the defense was that good. It's It was embarrassing. It, well, it was embarrassing for both quarterbacks, if I'm going to be honest. Like, what? I You send out... Okay. <laughs> I'm so rattled now, thanks. <laughs> You're flustered. That... The, the first pick six for Winnipeg, I called it before the snap of the ball. Oh, he did. Caleros did not check that defender or look him off at he, all. He never even looked over there prior to the snap. You have four receivers over there in a diamond formation. I wonder where this ball's going. Like, the minute it left his hand, I yelled at my TV because I could. I, I saw it coming. The, the defender didn't even bother trying to to blow up a block, uh, try to get in. He, he went straight after the ball. And Kalaros, doing what Kalaros does, doesn't throw it out there on a rope. And it was, and then he just looks at it, watches the guy run in. Granted, he's not going to catch him, but he just looks at him like, oh, well, let's try it again next time. Like, what are you doing? Pull your head out of your ass. You, If you're not going to look pre-snap, then go sit on the sidelines and, you know, Brandon Bridge or David Watford can do that. Like, it was, I'm just so sick and tired quarterback play and they're still winning football games because of the defense it, it's just terrible to watch and, and I, I know it sounds like I'm just mad because he ruins my fantasy lineup and that's a little bit of it but 173 yards on 13 with an interception the offense again doesn't score a touchdown you got to rely on the defense to, to win another game I know they say defense wins championships but at some point this gets ridiculous and I, I know I bitched and moaned about not having a quarterback when you when you were throwing in Bridge and Watford and like last year they did with Bridge and and Kevin Glenn but we still don't have a quarterback with Zach Kalaros because he can't do anything but he's go ahead winning and I know he didn't finish this game I, but he's winning I'm so tired of that argument because at some point the defense isn't going to be able to bail you out I do not think that the Riders have a championship offense I really don't but no I, but it is absolutely bizarre. You can't ignore that as soon as Caleros gets back in, they've won four of five. Mm-hmm. And no, I, I know. It, but... it just seems like he has an influence on the rest of the offense, whether it has to do with his play or not. There's something there that the other two don't have. And I'm not going to blame Watford because he just joined the team training camp, but he's got to have something. Like, you, the The offense is anemic right now, and it, it's so bad to watch. They lead the league in two but and outs, don't they? I don't even want to look at that stat because <laughs> it'd probably make my head explode. <laughs> but, you know, we we talked about Winnipeg for the last three years being this defense that is bend, don't break, but, I mean, yeah. they ball hawk, they, they create turnovers, they create pressure. Matt Nichols, you know, is throwing for 250 to 300 yards. You know, there's a couple games there where it's like 130, 135, 189, whatever. Um, you know, he's taking care of the football a little better than Kalaros does. He's still throwing for touchdowns. The offense is still getting points. The defense is supplementing that. Right now, the offense is doing nothing to help this team win games. Nothing. Six field goals. Like, come on. Like, it's obviously not working. You could see you could see when it was going into halftime, Chris Jones was bent over and just shaking his head. Like, what am, what do I do with this team? Don't, the, the defense uh, is, is unbelievable right now. Clicking on all cylinders, firing on all cylinders. You know, Willie Jefferson pick six, Aguavin with an unreal one-handed pick six. Um, you know, the, the defense is flying around the field, but I mean, defense is only going to take you so far. You, you need to be able to score points, and you can't rely on the defense to score you two touchdowns every week. It's not going to happen. Well, Matt Nichols clearly has not been himself coming off this injury. No, and I don't think I don't know if it's ever coming back because I, I don't know if he's going to get started again. This Matt Nichols 
I don't know if we've ever seen since he's got the starting gig in Winnipeg because he was always safe and he was never throwing these interceptions. And some of these were just stupid. Like, why are you even getting rid of that ball? The the worst game that I have right now up uh, for Matt Nichols, he was still with Edmonton and threw for 130 with a touchdown and two picks. And, and still had 5.7 points, so he's... I mean, that's not, that's not, so a, that's not a great game. So in this one. <laughs> right, yeah, point six in this one. Like, holy crap. And I thought about I thought about trying to find a way to put him and Darvin Adams in. Wow. So I could have had a... I could have had a way worse week. So this is Matt Nichols. And I know he's against the Ryder defense, but those there was an interception when he was basically going down, and he just went to pitch it out. <laughs> well, and then there were interceptions called back to penalty as well. He could have had five or six. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was it was not a good game if you liked quarterback play. Oh, the game was all over the place with penalties and injuries, and I guess we got to pivot back to Zach Caleros mm-hmm. here as well because they have Ottawa coming to town, who, if they weren't desperate against BC, are now desperate against Saskatchewan. Caleros gets rocked in this one, and it was probably his back of his helmet banging off the yeah. turf that sent him out of this one. And I believe if this is another concussion, I think that's five in his career. Well, it's almost like five in the last two years, or last well, last two playing years. Like, ugh. No, I don't know if it started with the Odell Willis hit back when he was in Hamilton, um, but man, I I don't know if he'll be back this season, and the Riders might have to live with uh, Brandon Mm -hmm. Bridge and David Watford going forward. Now, who knows? He did come back to the sideline and things like that. Maybe he's out there against Ottawa. Who knows? Practice is going to be a big week uh, in Regina because, I mean, Ed Ganey left the game too, so hopefully he's okay. Yeah, Zach Claros versus Trevor Harris. Set the DVR. (laughs) Oh, man. That's a barn burner. Like it's basically Dante Culpepper throwing it into the ground at seven yards. Can't find anybody open versus Trent Dilford winning a Super Bowl. <laughs> so the Riders they sweep Winnipeg thirty two twenty seven. I Andrew Harris did nothing. Ten carries for twenty one yards. You knew that he wasn't going to have a repeat performance from Labor Day. But I don't think we saw him struggling this much. It it was not good for him. It was really good to see Daniel Peterman, a draft pick just from the spring, had his first career touchdown. He had 16.7 fantasy points. Darvin Adams had a big catch to put them in the lead uh, late in the game. They ended up getting a field goal off of that. Wolitarski uh, has another. I, I don't know if you knew this about Drew. I don't know if you knew this about Drew Wolitarski, but he was actually roommates with Chris Trevler at university. Really? Yeah, that yeah, was news to me when Rod Black said it for the 15th time in the broadcast. <laughs> so you have to assume Strebler is going to be the guy going forward um, because Nichols just doesn't have the confidence. I don't know if he's fully healthy, but it's just not there right now. And if I thought the confidence was coming back, it was going to be in this one. And... I said it about Montreal today on Twitter uh, when we were in that discussion, if you want to call it that. Uh, teams are in the business of winning football games. They're not in the business of appeasing their quarterback who thinks he should be starting and he's upset when he gets booed. Sorry. If you're not going to win football games, you're not going to play. Does this get so, O'Shea on the hot seat? If he keeps putting Matt Nichols in, it damn sure does. If he puts Trevler yeah. in to try to spark something and it doesn't work, then I I give him a pass. But if he doesn't do anything and just lets the team flounder, like you're not going to win football games. You're not going to make the playoffs. So figure it out. Yeah, and uh, the playoffs were definitely expected in Winnipeg. Some mm-hmm. had them as great cup favorites. And why not? They had the best offensive well, line in the crazy. league. Hey, they had the best offensive line 
in the league, but Jamarcus Hardrick on the sideline, it's no mistake that they have struggled mm-hmm. since uh, the offensive oh, line yeah, has sure. kind of gotten banged up there. Winnipeg, they have a bye week, so uh, I'm sure it's a welcome bye week there, and then they're going to come home and play Winnipeg, or not Winnipeg, they're going to play in Winnipeg against Montreal in a Who few doesn't weeks, have but... a bye week this week? Holy crap. Yeah, there are three of them, so fantasy's going to be fun. Uh, there's only three games. That also makes um, show prep really easy. Hey, there's no Mike Riley, so I don't have to worry about not picking him uh, and him putting up 50 points. Holy well, crap! Hey, Let's. He was he was worth it this week. I'll give I'll give all you Mike Riley supporters that he was worth it this week. I do want to mention Willie Jefferson though quickly. Probably the best game of his CFL mm-hmm. career. Um, the pick six, the sacks, but man, those two teams hated each other by the end of that game there were and uh, is it tsn policy not to show the teams fighting no i don't believe so but there were there was a there somebody did run on the field there was that but there were a couple skirmishes things like that and it, we only heard about it from Ford and Black because they weren't showing the fights. Hockey is the exact opposite. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's probably if, all the people who say they don't like fighting in hockey saying, like, "Oh, we don't want to see that in football either," so they don't show it. That's what it seems like to me. Come on, show me that it's, stuff. <laughs> like if, like that's what makes playoff hockey so much fun. Like, granted, the games take twice as long because there's a skirmish after every play. Every but whistle, like, it's like. <laughs> I, yeah, I'd like to see guys get face washed and punched in the face with gloves on because it pisses everybody off and everybody gets a genuine hate on for each other. And that's why I love back to back games because game two is always way better than game one when it comes to stuff like that. Oh, it, it was nonstop. The, I mean, when you really look at it, the turnovers and the penalties don't make for textbook, well played football, but sometimes mistakes make exciting football. And I think yeah. that's why this Battle of Alberta game was so good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I'm so glad that I didn't have to work. Oh, the Eskimos win 48-42. They were up 48-28, and it came right down to the final play. The game was awesome. I got there early. Uh, well, not as early as liked. I made it out to the Eskimo Empire um Tailgate. Stamps what was fans for supper? Everywhere. Well, they had taco in a bag. Again, yes, the best. But by the time I got there, I only had a bag of chips, cheese, and meat. <laughs> that sounds perfect. Oh, which, you know what? That was probably the best taco in a bag I've ever had. <laughs> Did they remember the Catalina salad dressing this time? Probably not. Oh, I, I don't know. That might have been sold yeah. out by the time I got there. Oh, yeah. Because we, <laughs> oh, had, they did we have had a, beer a t- for couple me. weeks. We, we did have it a couple weeks ago, or I guess it would be almost two months ago now. Um, I'm like, <laughs> oh, where's the Catalina? And everybody looks at me like I just shot JFK. Like, what? What do you mean? And I was like, the, the, the Catalina salad dressing to put on the tacos in a bag. And, yeah, they, they did not know about that. And I was like, oh. Okay, so then I mentioned to it, if you guys are going to do it again, do that, and it's a game changer. So I was just wondering if they brought it this time. Mm, I'm going to have to try this too. It's a staple at Craven. I've lived off taco in a bag. So dining tips with Brazilian Thai that aren't just a spoonful of butter with salt. Hey, if you don't want to see your 31st birthday, follow me. Dude, mine's coming up here in almost exactly three months. I think I'm going to make it. Mm-hmm. But if you get a hold of me at Grey Cup. <laughs> oh, no. I, I, your your arteries will be fine at Grey Cup, but it'll be your liver. <laughs> oh, you can always get another one of those, right? Um, oh, yeah. If Frank Gallagher can get one on Shameless, I can get one. <laughs> Mike Riley, 30 of 44, 397 yards, three touchdowns, an interception. But the big thing that made his fantasy points go crazy was eight rushes for 43 yards and three rushing touchdowns because those are worth more than the passing touchdowns. And that's what makes Mike Riley so unique as far as quarterbacks in the league because 
most other guys come out and we get the poachers coming in for the short yardage, but Mm -hmm. Riley does it all himself. Uh, Yeah. Like, is there anything that he can't do? I don't know. (laughs) Like, I bet you he can fold a fitted sheet. Oh, and the cleats he made? Oh. For his kid, he makes being a dad look cool. Brazilian ties all of a sudden looking for a girl. Oh, God, no. (laughs) Come on, you got your flights booked to Montreal for singles night? (laughs) No, because I find it offensive and... and And it's not a good idea, and I'm going to cancel my season tickets. <laughs> the people offended by that just blow my mind. <laughs> oh, Anyways. If you want to go there and watch the football game, then go there and watch the football game. What difference does it make to you? Yeah. They, there's this thing called, you know, not caring. Like, <laughs> don't wear a bracelet. Or if you don't want people to talk to you, wear a red one. Yeah, exactly. It's if you don't know what we're referencing, Montreal is going to have a singles night at a home game. Um, if you want to take part, you wear a green bracelet saying, hey, I'm here, let's party. Yellow means it's complicated, which might mean, hey, I'm here, let's party. But red means <laughs> nope. So, well, I know a couple go, girls man. that would be wearing uh, engagement rings on one hand and a green bracelet on the other. So, I mean... <laughs> And so Duke Williams goes seven of nine. Uh, Well, that's seven catches and nine targets. 172 yards of touchdown. So he puts up 30 fantasy points. But there was a scary moment early in the Mm -hmm. game uh, when he ended up leaving. And it has been a rough few weeks when it comes to star receivers in the Canadian Football League. Now, I was in the stands. But to me, it kind of looked like maybe he got a helmet in the arm. Is that what happened? Uh, I still couldn't see it on TV. It almost looked like it was knee at first, and then he, when he was walking to the silence, he was clutching his arm. Yeah, um, I was, I was busy in the bathroom because I drank three liters of pop, so I was up and down a lot. <laughs> I love how you're. So you're like, oh, I'm not going to drink till Grey Cup. I'm not going to drink to the wedding, and you don't replace it with water. You replace it with Coke. So like, well, no, it's... because I didn't have any Coke this week. Oh, so you're I just, just making it up. So I'm just having a cheat day. Oh, and then Monopoly is coming up in October. So how oh. much Cokes are you going to have then? Well, breakfast, lunch, and supper. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Duke Williams comes back in the second half. Eskimo fans and CFL fans were happy. And I uh, I hope they keep giving interviews to Duke Williams too because that's more of what we need. And you know what? I think there's a reason they put the live mic game on Friday instead of any of these three triple headers games because nothing would make it to air. No. It would just be silence. <laughs> like if they like I would want I would want the Winnipeg Saskatchewan game up. Oh, I'd uh, like pay-per-view that, that's a for that. Twenty nine ninety nine. Oh. I'd watch it with everyone yeah. mic'd. Yeah, put put it on just before Red Shoe Diaries on Showcase. And, you know, you're, <laughs> you're going to get lots of people watching. <laughs> Kenny Stafford had a nice one. Uh, five uh, catches on eight targets, 67 yards and a touchdown, 17 points. Vidal Hazleton had a touchdown, 12 points. Bryant Mitchell did not have a touchdown, but he had himself 15 fantasy points. And as far as Calgary goes, we have another fantasy monster, Romar Morris. So I put Terry Williams in as a placeholder. As soon as Don Jackson was confirmed not playing, I switched it out for Romar. 95 yards on the ground, two touchdowns, five catches, 62 yards, another two touchdowns, (sighs) 44.7 fantasy points just behind Mike Riley and his 48.2 points. Wow. So let, let's so just talk about So in that position this. for me, just a second, because you need to hear this. You need to hear this. Uh, you know how I said that I thought about putting Matt Nichols and Darvin Adams in? And I didn't do it. I yes. also thought about putting Romar Morris in. So I took Marcus Sigpen out, put Romar Morris in, and made Which a couple changes. Which is dodging a bullet a little bit. Right? And I didn't like it. So I put Marcus Sigpin back in and left my lineup as what I had it, as what what I had the last time we recorded. So I had the exact same lineup. 
this was the week that they decided to leave Trey Mason in for the whole game and actually use him. So that screwed me because I didn't find a way to put Romar Morris in, who I wanted to get in once I saw he was starting. So I kept screwing myself over by being loyal to the Riders and Chris Jones when I know better than that. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. I had a real good week again. (laughs) So let's go through this. So Mike Riley cost 14K. Romar... Mm -hmm. He's he's less than 4K, so that helps you with getting Riley in there. Ricky Collins was cheap. Armani Edwards was cheap. Could you I don't imagine? know. Is the, with the perfect lineup, you could get almost 200 points this week, I think. Oh. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? Oh, so Bo Levi, it's not like he had a bad one. Well, the three interceptions hurt, but 25 of 46 for 491 yards. Four touchdowns, he did have the picks. But, man, this game, it it reminds you that Calgary is never out of a game. More than any other team in this league. You have them down by three scores, you better keep that foot to the metal Mm -hmm. because they are coming back and they're never giving up. And I know they get uh, crapped on for the, the the past two Grey Cups. But also that game against Ottawa, they were down and Calgary fought all the way back. They are never out of a game no matter the situation. Like You think being up by 20 that you, know, you would have cut the head off the snake. Oh, yeah. It uh, <laughs> uh, just goes to prove that you, know, you should never stop scoring points. Um, I don't believe there is such thing as running up a score. It's not my job to stop. It's your job to stop me. Um, you know, it happens in baseball. Guys get thrown at for, for scoring a meaningless run. Um, it's like, yeah, but you can score seven runs the next inning and take the lead back. So, yeah, we're going to score mm-hmm. all the runs we can. It's the same in football. If you can get into the end zone, take it. Um, you know, I'm not saying Edmonton quit. Uh, you know, Calgary played yeah, I'm really not well that once. No, uh, but, you know, just couldn't finish that one last drive. They needed to kind of put Calgary out of it. Uh, Calgary stuck around and had a chance to win at the end. Um, Andre Pru had another classic Andre (laughs) explanation. Uh, And I am not slamming him. Somebody told me to lay off Andre, but no, I I love Andre. We love Andre Pru. We hung out with him at the 2015 Grey Cup in Winnipeg, gained a whole new respect for him, but his explanations are just great. Well, a bunch of players jumped on top of him, and, <laughs> and Edmonton got the ball. They stripped the ball, the ball out afterwards. It's so we need to get funny. Him on the Calgary show. fans, <laughs> there are some Calgary fans that thought they got screwed by the officiating in this one. Last week, Edmonton fans, they thought, were getting screwed. So... <laughs> It's I'm just, so sick of that. They don't want to. Yeah, they, they don't, don't want to admit that their, their team pro- makes mistakes. Yeah, or loses to their provincial rival. Although yeah. that last play of the game in stadium, there was almost like an awkward. Uh, did he just catch it? I thought he did. I did too. I was I was standing in my bedroom watching it. <laughs> I was standing up. Well, so were 38,000 fans at Commonwealth Stadium. I think the last minute and a half, the entire stadium was standing. And that that's a rarity in Edmonton, to be honest, if I'm being honest. Well, yeah, and you know what? They, they that, that crowd really got behind him in this one. It was really fun to see. The atmosphere, mm-hmm. it did remind me of the 2015 West Final when they beat Calgary uh, to go to the Grey Cup that year. It was... It was a hell of an atmosphere in Edmonton, man. Props to the fans there that showed up. And there were a lot of Calgary fans as well. I feel like uh, more than that West Final, a lot made the trip. There was a lot of red in the stands, and it made for a fun day. Yeah, and, you know, that's that's the nice thing about that rivalry is that the fans can actually coincide in the same stadium. Um, you know, when it's Saskatchewan-Winnipeg, a lot of insults seem to get hurled. Uh, it's a little better now, but... my. There's no reason to throw stuff and be complete jerks, um, which, you know, Ryder fans are known for. So, and we've seen it firsthand in Edmonton sitting amongst yep. them when the Riders are in town, and I hate it. <laughs> and I am one, and I I can't stand it. Um, 
But We're the most annoying like, fans in the league by far. Hands down. But it, it is nice to see that, you know, like even before the game, Andrew and Kayla and all them from the Eskimo Empire, they, they tweeted out pictures and, you know, a bunch of Calgary people at that their tailgate and everybody interacts together on Twitter. Uh, there's a lot of friendly jabbing, you know, Andrew and and with the MS, with the Eskimo Empire pod and, and the guys on Horsemen, uh, Ryan and them, you know, they jaw back and forth when it's game day or, you know, when they're playing each other for the week. So it, it's lots of fun. Um, there are some fans who take it a little too far and a little too seriously, but at the end of the day, I mean, it's a football game. Everybody's there to have fun. Uh, hopefully your team wins, and if they don't, so what? Uh, you know, it's just nice to see that, you know, there is some hatred for Calgary, like between Calgary and Edmonton. There definitely is a little bit of an inferiority complex between the cities as well. Uh, but <laughs> but the, fans, the fans are still able to, to coincide and, and not be complete jerks like we've seen uh, in other rivalry situations. And I think uh, about 10 years ago was the peak of fights in the stands. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. man. Uh, I don't between... know if you remember, and I don't. I think it was a BC game in Saskatchewan. There's this guy, this older gentleman, with the, like, the long hair and the beard, walks down to the bottom of the stairs, right up against the rail at Old, Mo- Old Mosaic, behind the visitor's bench, and loses his mind for 20 minutes. Yelling Jeez. at every individual player. On the field. And they kept showing him. <laughs> they kept showing him on TV, and it was the greatest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> That's the east side of Taylor Field, baby. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the new stadium just doesn't quite have that character yet. Um, it's well, kind no, of the because same. Nobody's, nobody's booted holes in the wall or just in a floor drain yet. <laughs> It'll come. Just give it 50 years. It'll <laughs> <Yeah>. come. <laughs> um, uh, Lamar Durant had himself uh, almost 80 yards. Mark and Michelle had the touchdown, 64. Devaris Daniels, 116 and a touchdown. So there were plays in this mm-hmm. game. And I said it earlier in the show. I wonder if, on average, this is the biggest TSN CFL fantasy week that we've probably ever seen in the CFL. It was some big performers, two guys almost getting 50. It was just awesome. Yeah. Uh, the guy who ended up winning the week, and I believe he won $1,000. Yeah. Um, he had 193.9 points. Oh, what a what a week, man. <laughs> like Masoli, 33.4. Romar Morris, 44.7. Trey Mason, 15. Brandon Banks, 33.3. Duke Williams, 30.2. Bagleton, thir- or 22.3. And he had the BC Lions defense with 15. He still had $89 left over. <laughs> compared to, like, my 80 points. Like, Is that what you had, 80? Oh, it wasn't good. Oh, I put up 132.9. I had 86.7. So I'd, I had a really good start with Alex Green, Luke Tasker, and Imani Edwards. Like, I had 19.4, 24.4, and 26.2. The rest of my lineup, 5.8, 5.5, 3.4, and 2 from the Hamilton Tiger Cats defense. So I think it's awesome. I picked the Eskimo defense. They still scored six points. They gave up 42. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So with the, like that, so they scored 10 extra points. Or they, yeah. scored, like, they scored 10 points, but they lost four because they gave up too much. <laughs> my God. Three picks, two fumbles. Man, I had a... I, I'm happy with my week. I am now first mm-hmm. in our group, baby. First. That must, I was there for like three weeks, so, I mean, suck it. Hey, it's all—it's not what happens before Labor Day, baby. It's what happens after Labor Day. <laughs> that is true. That being said, uh, Mike Riley, Jeremiah Masoli, top top quarterbacks, Roman Morris and Alex Green. Trey Mason kind of sneaks in there with 15 uh, top three running backs. Brandon Banks, Duke Williams, Ricky Collins, and Armani Edwards, uh, your top wide receivers. And the Saskatchewan defense put up 25 points in fantasy oh. this week. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Okay, I need to win this so I have spending money for Grey Cup. So if everybody else <laughs> in the group could just throw the rest of the <laughs> rest of the season, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
We greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> oh, we are a part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. There is something in it for everybody on the network. I absolutely uh, promise you, if you like food... Which, I mean, mm-hmm. who doesn't like food? Well, I don't know if I like food or just butter and salt. Like, <laughs> if it's got butter or salt in it, I'm probably going to eat it. <laughs> so Except for gravy. There. There's education and self-improvement. That's Brazilian ties category. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not even going Hockey's right around the corner as well. There's the Fourth Line podcast, Hockey Feels, and the Fourth Line WHL cast as well. So definitely check that out. I mean, uh, the Red Deer Rebels, they had a game in Wainwright playing the Lethbridge Hurricanes this week. So WHL hockey getting underway as well. AlbertaPodcastNetwork.com. Speaking of the Lethbridge Hurricanes, I don't want to toot my own horn here, but I was the defensive partner of somebody who made the Lethbridge Hurricanes when we were in like when we were in like Adam. And it was you being his partner that got him scouted, that got him drafted in the Bantam draft, isn't it? Guaranteed. I'm basically like no skill Gill, just high and off the glass, baby. <laughs> uh no, Lenny got a lot of uh a lot of pucks served on a silver platter for one timers on the power play. I, I I racked up the apples for sure. Well done, man. Well, that's what I'm there for. So where, I mean, where, where, what happened to your hockey career? Uh, have you seen my body? Like, I'm 5'8", 200 pounds. Where do you think it went? <laughs> Butter and salt happened to your hockey career. <laughs> <laughs> you know, five concussions in the span of like three weeks and the fact that, uh, you know, everybody was a foot taller than me kind of had a lot to do with it. Yeah, that, that that's a deadly combination, buddy. <laughs> glory days. <laughs> glory days. Oh, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes. Follow us, Facebook and Twitter at 2 and Out CFL. And yes, sir, we'll and talk to you don't Thursday add us morning. about Johnny Menzel anymore. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.